We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Mountain West Insider Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. I have Jeff Goodman here with me, and we have a loaded episode for you today. Not only do we get BJ Reigns, the beat writer for Boise State, BroncoNationNews.com. He does shows every day. He does pregame shows, postgame shows. Best coverage you're going to get to Boise State to talk about the Broncos. We got Jaden Liddy, who has been without question the most productive player in college basketball jeff he's leading the nation to score right now it's an amazing story that uh you guys will hear in a little bit but man just his his road to get here and take advantage and you know again be a, right now the cornerstone piece of of one of the best programs in america at san diego state very very cool and uh he, he's fun he he's fun to talk to he's insightful so I think everybody will enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been great to see him have the success after paying his dues. He is a sixth-year senior that yeah. came off the bench as a freshman at Ohio State, came off the bench for two years at TCU, redshirted, came off the bench as a fifth-year senior at San Diego State when they made that run. And then finally this season, he is uh, quite literally putting up Blake Griffin-esque numbers for san diego state this season so fun episode there's a lot to get to for it so we're going to jump into it right now jane liddy bj reigns mountain west insider podcast we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm now thrilled to welcome on to the Mountain West Insider Podcast, Jaden Ledee, who is averaging 26.8 points and 10.6 boards for a San Diego State team that is currently sitting at 4-1. and Jaden, I got a stat for you. Do you know the last player to put up those numbers through five games when his team went 4-1 and in the first five games of the season? Any idea who it was? No idea. No idea who it was. Goodman, do you have any idea who it was? I'm going to guess like a Kevin Durant, uh, somebody like that. Right conference, wrong year. It was Blake Griffin, his sophomore year, the year that he won national player of the year for Oklahoma. They were a two seed. They ended up playing Tyler Hansbrough in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament that season. They lost. Uh, it was the whole Tyler Hansbrough versus Blake Griffin national yeah. player of the year contest race. Uh, but that's that's the level of production Ooh. that you've had, the start to the season that you've had. First and foremost, man, thanks for being here. How you doing? Oh, I can't complain. I thank y'all for letting me let me on. I uh, just got out of practice not too long ago, so I'm, I'm feeling good. You, hey, you you earned your way on. You listen, you earned your way on uh, on this one. There was nobody else we were looking at bringing on the the, the pod today because uh, you've been nothing short of spectacular so far this season. Oh, thank you, thank you, Jaden. You you were a highly recruited guy. You started at Ohio State. You went to TCU. You sat out a year when you transferred to San Diego State. You came back last season. You made the Final Four. And then you took a sixth year. What clicked this season? What clicked in the summer? What clicked in the fall? What has turned you from, from being a really good player to being a guy that's putting up 27 and 11? Which Is is it crazy to think I'm putting up 27 and 11 right now? Uh, I, I really haven't thought about it that much. I mean, I'm kind of just a day to day kind of guy. So, I mean, I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds pretty cool, but <laughs> I mean, just what click, I mean, for me, I just kind of think my role just changed this year, different from what I've had in the previous times. And, um, coach Dutch and the staff, my teammates just really put their trust in me this year, I think. So take me back to, again, like that first year at Ohio state, um, you're going to set records here. Like, you know, Robbie Hummel holds the record for the longest tenured college basketball player. You're, you're going to, you're going to fight him on it here. I don't know if you got a year left or not, but, uh, but like, again, didn't really get the opportunity at Ohio state. You moved on, did two years at TCU again, came off the bench for those two years. Then you go to San Diego state last year. You're a huge part of that team, but again, came off the bench for a final four team. And now boom, like, you go to where you are, you've been absolutely dominant, you know, these first few games out of the gate this season. How 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 different is it for you role-wise right now? Uh, this is really different. I mean, like, you know, my first at Ohio State, you know, I'm a freshman, I'm young, just kind of trying to get used to the college game. I was playing a played a little differently than I was playing in high school. So just getting adjusted to that. And uh TCU is kind of just the same way, you know. Uh it was um kind of a really guard-friendly system because we had uh, Desmond Bain, which, I mean, we all know who he is, right, and uh, Mike Miles. So, you know, 
I was just kind of playing, trying to fit in there with, you know, my frame and everything. And then coming to San Diego State, I mean, the team we had last year was so deep, right? I mean, we kind of – we like to say we had nine, ten starters. So, I mean, just being a star in my role, doing what I had to do to make that team as good as we were. And then this year, like I said, we had a, we lost a lot, right? So, um, just being – talking to Coach Dutch and the staff and they're like, you know, we're not going to have the same guys as we did last year. You know, they're going to have a bigger piece of the, you know, the pie, which is cool. But, I mean, I just think coming in every day and just earning my keep is kind of how I look at it. Well, let's – Let's talk about last year a little bit because what your uh, your coach told us at Media Day today from um, Mountain West Media Day was that San Diego State is, as he put it, a high major, right? And I agree with him. I, I think that he's right. I think that there's the pedigree at that program. But there's a different level of spotlight that comes when you make the run that you did. When you go from being a team that's getting in the tournament, that's playing a couple games, to being a team that is playing on that last Monday night of the college basketball season. Has that has that changed the vibe around San Diego? Has that changed the vibe around campus? Has that changed like the attention that you get when you're walking around campus? Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely different. I mean, how many people can say they went to the tournament, let alone made it to the last game of the year. Right. So, I mean, the people in San Diego, you know, they, they really felt that they really felt as one, I mean, coach Dutch likes to say it's two like professional teams in San Diego. It's the Padres and us. So, you know, they, you know, they, people are really behind us out here. You you had thirty four and seventeen in the last game, the overtime game against Washington, which was a hell of a game. Like, can life be better, Jaden, than than putting up the numbers you're putting up and living in San Diego? Like, that would be my dream. Like, if you gave me that opportunity, like I might take that over anything else on the planet right now to be doing what you're doing, leading the country in scoring, uh, and playing for San Diego State for Dutch. And living in San Diego and being able to go to the beach and, you know, whenever I want. I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a blessing. I mean, it's what, like 75 degrees out here right now, 77. So it's just a beautiful day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – Don't tell it's, – it's 35 degrees and rainy here. I don't need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I'm retiring out there, Jaden. I'm retiring in San Diego. I've said that for, for forever. What, what was it like, though? So – the start of the season wasn't so great because you guys go to BYU. And I think a lot of us thought, Hey, you know what? BYU struggled last year. You guys are going to kick the living crap out of them. And instead you lose that game. And everybody's like, Oh boy, what's happened to San Diego state? This isn't the same team. They're going to fall off this, that, and the other. And you guys have really uh, rebounded well with huge wins against St. Mary's and, and a close win against Washington in overtime. Um, yeah, we just got a we got like a few new guys. I mean, guys that were here last year, maybe didn't play a lot, and then we got some transfers, right? And we kind of have a particular way we do things. So them just getting acclimated to, you know, being at San Diego State, what that comes with. And then playing at BYU is a tough place to play. And um, you know, they kind of got a taste of man, like everybody's gonna give us their best shot every night. And I feel like they really responded and we've really responded as a team. Has that has that changed? Because I mean, you guys have, like I said, San Diego State is San Diego State. It's a national brand at this point. Let's call it what it is. Um, so I feel like when you're in league play, you probably get everybody's best shot. Is it has it been different in non-conference play? Has it felt different when you're walking into some of these road environments or some of these neutral court environments? Like, is there a different vibe around when you guys are stepping into those arenas? Yeah, I think so. 
I think 100%, you know, everybody's like, oh, they national, you know, runner-ups. Like, man, I'm trying to test how good I am against them, you know, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, this just is what it is. I mean, we're going to bring our hard hats every day. Let me ask you this. I'm sorry, Jeff, real quick, on, on that subject, let me ask you this, because I think it's inarguable that what you guys did last season was an incredible accomplishment, something you should be 100% proud of and, like, puff your chest out. But also, like, you made it to the national title game, and I'm sure your goal was go win that last game in March. How do you balance having the run, having the success, having that memory, having that season, and then it ends in a way that is not what you wanted it to, to be? How do you balance those two things? I mean, yeah, I mean, we obviously were upset we didn't win the last game. But, I mean, like I said, the, the bond we made with that team and the memories, like you said, that's – gonna last a lifetime so it was sad but I mean we just looked at the good moments and then we saw it's just more work to be done it's one more step closer really how long did it and, take you to get to that point where you viewed it that way I was hurt for like you know a couple of days you know I was like man he was right there and then we was back in my, in my hometown so I was like man it was that close but you know I took a week and then I was right back to it because like I said I knew I was gonna see that same group of guys together like that again so i kind of cherish those moments after that hey I, I never thought i'd see the day when san Diego state would would put up 100 points in a game like that <laughs> that is something listen that that might be on your tombstone eventually right like that that is a huge huge accomplishment that i'm not sure we ever thought we'd see what did dutch say like when you guys came back in the locker room, was there any talk of that? Of hey, I know we gave up ninety seven, but we scored a hundred. And I, you might you might have hit it right on the head. He, you know, he said everything. We said, oh man, good good victory. But he's like, man, people are gonna be real shocked saying we were a defensive program, but we scored a hundred points. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> All right, take me through what you remember from Lamont's game winner. What? What was your view? Did you think that it was going in? Did you know that it was going in? What was the celebration? Take me through from the start of that that sequence until you made it to the locker room celebrating with your teammates. Oh, yeah. First of all, I knew he was going to make it. I seen him <laughs> hit that shot a thousand times at practice. So I'm, I just got subbed out. I'm sitting. I'm actually standing up. AG gets a block on the other end. Mon gets the rebound or something. Outlet dribbles down, comes back out. When he dribbles down, I'm like, oh, man, they cut him off. Like, okay, like, I don't know what's by – okay. And then, you know, tween has he pull. And then when he left his hand, I could just see the arc on the ball. I'm like, oh, that's good. I already have my hand up. And then it goes down. We just storm on the court. I mean, just – I don't know. That's, those are memories you can't, you can't buy. You can't – you know what I mean? Just – I was so happy for him. All the things that he overcame last year, too. And just for him now, that moment was dope. What was the celebration like in the locker room afterwards? Oh, crazy. A lot of yelling, the church coming off, water going getting thrown everywhere. It was amazing. It was really Dutch, amazing. Did, Dutch didn't take his shirt off, did he? I don't know. He didn't. <laughs> and we don't if he did, don't, don't say it, that. man. If he did, don't say it. You're not going to be getting as many shots anymore. <laughs> uh, the view that I had, Jaden, was I was kind of sitting behind Lamont, so I had the direct view from him to the basket. So I, I could tell that it was online and then he, he makes it. And what I didn't realize, I, I got the whole thing on video. It's actually pretty cool. But 
when I went back and I watched it, what I didn't realize is in the background is the San Diego State section, and all you see is about 300 beer bottles just go flying up in the air when he <laughs> made the shot. They, they were the show. They were celebrating, man. They they turned out in Houston. Oh yeah, no, they they do a great job. They we get so much love and support. You know, the energy they give us is awesome. All right, so since this is a a Mountain West uh, pod. Give me your favorite place to play, your favorite arena, obviously, other than Viejas. What, what's your favorite place and why? Um, outside of Viejas, I mean, the pit when we played last year was insane. was, I mean, another game winner by Lamont, too, that game. But, oh, my gosh, insane. And then the second one has to be Utah State. I mean, the student section is 75% of the arena, and it's loud. They had pictures of, you know, Darion Schmel from when he was, like, in third grade. Like, just the <laughs> things they do is it's crazy. Yeah, the the, the home environments, and people don't understand. And, again, you've been in different leagues. That The beauty for you is you can speak to it because you've been in the Big Ten. You've been in the Big 12. Now you're in the Mountain West. I actually – you can make a case that the Mountain West is better overall than both of those leagues obviously there's there's kansas there's michigan state there's some elite places in both of those leagues but overall because a lot of these mountain west play, there's nothing else there's nothing yeah. else it's all about those schools those programs what's the most difficult road trip in the league and why is it getting to laramie wyoming First off, just the, the altitude there is the air. It's just the, the lack of air is there. And then, two, I don't know. I didn't – just the, the pure, like, you know, the countryness of it and the slowness and it's cold. And then, I don't know, the colors kind of throw me off a little bit. I don't know. It's just – it's a different hard place to play. And you kind of just, you know, got to get yourself going to get a win. It's not 75 degrees and, and beach weather there? It is not. It is not. That. <laughs> hey, I, I can't. Uh, I can't do this pod without asking about and, and Rob knows how I feel about this guy. Um, maybe my favorite person in college basketball, and that's Mark Fisher. Um, mm. How is he doing? And for me, for me, Jaden, seeing him at the Final Four last year literally brought tears to my eyes. When 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 he came out of the tunnel um, and sat, you know, right at the bench. Uh, with you guys, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I got super emotional because I've known that guy for, I don't know, 25 years. You are not going to find a better human being than Mark Fisher. And and he is the epitome of, like, not feeling sorry for himself ever, always upbeat. I spent about an hour in the in the hotel with, room with him, uh, him and his dad, um, in Houston. And, and man, I, I miss him. And uh, how's he doing? He's good. I mean – Coach says he watches practice every day. So, I mean, and then he comes to the practices that he can, and he's at every game. Every home game we have, he's there. And like you say, he's always encouraging, always has a you know, smile on his face. Like you say, he doesn't feel sorry for himself. And I mean, I love that about him. All right, Jaden, listen, you're averaging 27 and 11 right now. We've never had a repeat guest on the uh, the conference podcast that we do, but this is what I need from you. I need you to keep putting up those numbers because you could be the first repeat guest on the Mountain West Insider Podcast. I, I, I know making the national title game was special and winning the Continental Tires event in Vegas was special and putting up the numbers you're putting up is special, but you could be the first repeat guest on the Mountain West Insider Podcast. Just think about that, man. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, Jaden, just win games. Just win games. Forget about the numbers. Just win games. Now, if you rebound at a high level, the other stuff and, and defend, the other stuff is going to take care of itself. You just can't you can't give up 97 points again. I mean, you can if you score 100, I guess. But but try not to give up 97. Because hey, Dutch you're getting 34, man. It is yeah. what it is, right? I know, but Dutch isn't going to be happy with giving up 97 again. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he's 100 percent right. We got we got to cut that number down. We we uh, kind of went over that today in practice. Listen, Listen Jaden, hell hell of a hell of a story, hell of a road travel, Jaden. Like I think there's a lot to be proud of for what you've been able to do, sticking with it the way you have, waiting your turn, right? And now I'm going to end with this: How gratifying is it right now to be able to get the opportunity that you're getting? That again, you waited so long for. Oh, it feels good. It feels good. I mean, it takes me back to those, you know, moments and when I'm in, you know, Columbus, Ohio, late at night shooting, you know, thinking, well, you know, will it get better? Or if I'm in Fort Worth shooting after games, like, man, you know, what am I, you know, what am I doing this for? But just staying the course and it just feels really good. And I'm just keep sticking to it. So Jaden, thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. I have with me today BJ Reigns, who, if you can't tell, is with Bronco Nation News. He is down at the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando. Uh, he's following Boise State all over the country. BJ, you are an official world traveler at this point. Yeah, I put the banner back here so you wouldn't see that my bed wasn't made. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, happy to be on with you. I was at the uh, Clemson game for Boise State on Sunday and made it down here. And I think behind the Maui Invitational, you can make an argument this is the best field uh, in one of these preseason tournaments. Six of the eight teams made the big dance last year, and uh, I think it's going to be an ex exciting tournament and, and uh, certainly a big opportunity uh, for Boise State. So, uh, yeah, pumped to be down here in Orlando. So let's let's talk about Boise State because I feel like they are, of the teams that we all kind of projected to be at the top of the Mountain West this season, they're the one that I feel like we have the least feel for through the first two weeks of the season. And what I mean by that is, uh, they beat a San Francisco team that they probably should beat, and they lost on a road to a Clemson team that looks like a top 25 team. And both of those things are kind of what you would expect out of Boise State so far this year. So you've seen them up close and personal. You've seen all three games that they've played. You talk to them. You know Leon as well as anybody. Uh, you have an actual podcast from Tyson Degenhart on your Bronco News Nation platform. So that's right. Um, what, what do you what do you make of Boise State this season? What have you seen out of them? What have you liked? Yeah, I mean, certainly they looked pretty impressive the first two games and then obviously uh, came kind of crashing down against Clemson. Uh, you know, they've typically been one of the better defensive rebounding teams in the country. They finished uh, in the top 25 in uh, 11 of Leon's 13 years in defensive rebounding at Ken Palm. And they just got, as Leon said, pasted on the glass on on uh, Sunday. And, and I think it was 40 to 25 and they gave up 19 second chance points. So. Uh, they felt like if they would have been more even on the glass, they would have had a chance to win that game. It's really what it came down to. Just too many offensive rebounds for Clemson. And, um, you know, Tyson Degenhart got three first half fouls, never really got into a rhythm. They, they uh, gambled with two fouls and it didn't work out for him. So uh, it just never really felt like they were in a rhythm that whole game. And um, they're just kind of trying to figure themselves out. I mean, I think Cam Martin and Omar Stanley have both been massive additions 
Uh, both of them, you know, are pretty much averaging together when you combine it, like uh, on most nights, well over 20 points and 10 rebounds. And so they'll take that from their five spot, no doubt. Those have been two huge additions. The Roddy Anderson addition hasn't worked out as well so far. Uh, I think they're very high on him still, and they don't need him to necessarily score, but uh, they need him to do a little more than he's given them right now through three games. And so I think that point guard play with him and Jace Whiting has been a little bit of an issue at this point. Um, so, you know, and then you have your, your you know vets that are back, but I do think with Max Rice, uh, teams now know that this guy can shoot and he's not getting a lot of open looks right now through three games. Clemson was not giving him much at all in that game. And so uh, they got to find a way to get Max Rice going and get him some more shots. And he's obviously a lethal three point shooter, but uh, you know, teams aren't allowing him to do that. So I, I still think they're a quality team. Um, you know, this is going to be a huge opportunity for him down here in Orlando, but you know, also they got to win a couple of games here. I mean, they, they, if they go, you know, 0-3 or 1-2 and on this trip, all of a sudden it's not looking great. No, by the way, they come back and their next game is against St. Mary's uh, next Friday. So this is a brutal stretch for them right now, but um, they're all quality games, potential quad one opportunities. And, and uh, I think they're eager after how poorly they played against Clemson in their first kind of road game of the season. I think they're pretty eager to get back out there on Thursday. Yeah, th- this is when you – you earn your seed in the NCAA tournament, right? Like I, I'm, I'm kind of operating under the assumption that uh, Boise State's going to do enough to be able to get in the tournament. I think we're going to get three, four, maybe even five bids out of the Mountain West. So I'm not super concerned about that. But this is when you determine if you're going to be an 11 seed or if you got a shot at getting like a five or a six seed, like San Diego State did last year um, when they made the run. Tyson Degenhart was a guy that uh, I think a lot of people projected as having a real shot to win. Mountain West player of the year this year, especially because he's moving away from having to, to be forced into the five role last year, playing more as a four man this year and through three games hasn't really got it going the way that we kind of expected him to get it going. It's also three games into the season and he had to deal with PJ Hall in one of those games who was an all ACC player. Um, what have you seen from him? What are you hoping to get out of him moving forward? And and uh, how can how can he kind of take that next step? How important is it for him to kind of show up when you're down there in Orlando? Well, he didn't play in the first game against Vanguard. He broke his nose and was dealing with that. And he has to wear one of these Batman masks now, maybe for the whole season. Um, so that's going to be a, a factor. Um, That'll do it to you. In his uh, first game against San Francisco, he had 17 points. I thought he played pretty well and played fine. And then, like I said, against Clemson, uh, he got three first-half fouls. He got two fouls pretty quickly. Leon uh, eventually gambled, brought him back in, and he got his third foul like right away. So he was pretty much a non-factor in the Clemson game. But I would say, as you mentioned, Clemson's defense. But I think for the most part, it was just foul trouble and just never really got going. But had seven points in that game. Um, but yeah, he's clearly one of the best players in the Mountain West, I think, and they would like to get more than seven points at Clemson from him. I think Max Rice only had seven, too. So two of your star players, you combine for 14 points at Clemson, you're not going to win that game. Uh, you know, so yeah, I think he needs to get going, no doubt. It was only two of seven. Uh, I mentioned but only played 23 minutes, you know, and dealing with the fouls and stuff, and it was just a weird game. So um, yeah, this certainly, if they want to win this tournament or, or, you know, go two and one down here, which is the goal, uh, they got to find a way to get more, uh, more from Tyson. Cause yeah, he's, uh, you know, got a lot more eyes on him this year. And, and as a junior is one of the better players out West was on your guys top 100 list. I know uh, Jeff Goodman drafted him at, at one point into the, your guys little draft there. And he's all over the, the top list at, you know, Lindy's and all the different magazines out there. So yeah, a lot more eyes on him. And I think that uh, they need him to step up this weekend, but I, I wouldn't say he's been bad. I just think he, he had 17 in one game, got in foul trouble the other game, but uh, certainly, you know, for a guy that wants to be Mountain West player of the year, they need him, you know, in that 15 plus point range pretty much every night. So Boise state, San Diego State were the two teams that I think everybody kind of had projected as the top two 
uh, in the Mountain West heading into the season. San Diego State went on the road. They lost their, I think it was their second game of the season at BYU, but they turned around and they yeah. went out and they won the Continental Tire something or other in Los. I can't keep track of what the names of all the main games. Continental Tire main event. Come on. There you go. It was a Las Vegas thing. I know you're a big Vegas guy these days, BJ. I get um, another trip in two weeks for the football championship <laughs> game too, man. I'm pumped. <laughs> Tough life, man. Just, uh, you know, stay away from those blackjack tables. They always get me. Um, Jaden Liddy, 26.8 points, 10.6 boards through five games. I saw a stat that the last player to average those numbers on a team that started 4-1 and one in the season was Blake Griffin back in, uh, what was that, 2009 before he was the number one pick in the draft. So um, <laughs> did you see this coming from Jaden Liddy? Like, this is – these are ridiculous numbers. I I – I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I did not see him putting up 34 and 17 against Washington. I'm not sure his parents saw this coming, man. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's uh, and that's no disrespect to him, but I mean, the dude played 18 minutes a game last year, uh, eight points a game. Was a solid player, but um, you know, San Diego State, as you know, man, they just they, you know the, the craziest thing to me is he's playing 35 minutes a game. I mean, they don't even do they they never do that. They they don't play guys more than 30 minutes a game. You look at their season averages the last several years. That's why they're so good as the depth they have, and they can just keep rolling guys out there. And Jaden Ladee was one of those guys. They would roll out there for 20 minutes a game, uh, you know, at, at key spots, and and uh, was a solid player for them. But to see what he's doing over 35 minutes a game, and and uh, that you know what was it 34 and 17 in their last game, I believe, against uh, Washington to win that tournament. Um, that was just incredible. An overtime game there, um, and you know, yeah. Over four of his five games, he's been over 25 points. You mentioned his stats. No, I mean, he was a solid player, but he has certainly upped his game. And I think he takes uh, San Diego State to a whole new level because I think you were expecting him to be a solid player uh, with some of the other guys they have. But if he's now, you know, going to be counting on for that kind of numbers, and let's be honest, I don't think he's going to continue to average 27 points a game. But if he can be in that 15 to 18 range, which is still over double what he had last season, uh, I think that's just huge. Um, he's getting to the free throw line a lot. He was 14 of 18 against Washington from the line. He's had at least three games where he's been over 10 made free throws in a game. So uh, that's a big thing where he's getting a lot of his points too, getting physical and getting to the rim. But uh, yeah, I mean, just we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, Brian Dutcher, San Diego State, they just find guys. The next guy is ready to go and they just keep this train rolling. The big thing for me is defensively with San Diego State because when they lost Nathan Mensa, I think a lot of people thought in the middle there they were going to really struggle, and they're so good defensively, and a lot of that was because they had Mensa there to just uh, you know block shots, alter shots, clean things up there in the middle, and you know, uh, Ladie's not the biggest guy, he's six nine, I think. You know, but he he's doing a, you know a good job in the middle on on the defensive end as well. So I think his elevated play certainly makes you uh, think even higher of a San Diego State team that people already thought pretty high of. Yeah, and and the other part of it is uh, if you look at BYU right now, they are four and zero on the season. They are fourteenth on Ken Palm, fourteenth on Ken Palm. So maybe losing on the road to a top fifteen team in the country really isn't that bad of a thing. I think we might have. Uh, written the uh the obituaries of san diego state too soon after that game um the other thing i wanted to ask you colorado state and nevada are both sitting here undefeated they're the last two undefeated teams in the mountain west uh nevada's been a little bit more tested they won on the road at washington um but i think everybody kind of pegged colorado state as the better team heading into the season uh what do you make of those two um and am i right to be excited about what what we're kind of seeing out of Isaiah Stevens and Keenan Blackshear. I mean, those two dudes yeah. are studs. Yeah, no doubt. And I think I had those guys four or five in my Mountain West uh, preseason poll. I think I had Nevada actually uh, at four. 
Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, they go, uh, you know, against Washington, a team that we're talking about just took San Diego state to overtime in that tournament. So, um, yeah, I think uh, what they've done certainly, uh, has been a little more impressive. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, Colorado state's fault that they've just played, you know, four. uh, I guess you would say, uh, cupcakes to this point, but, uh, they're going to get tested. They got Boston college coming up. Uh, and then they've got some other tough games after that Colorado, then they play Washington as well. So, um, no, I, I think both those teams are, are, you know, impressive and have, are going to be right in that. You know, I think we all feel pretty good about Boise State, New Mexico, and, and San Diego State when it's all said and done. And I think that's where you're talking about, are this is a three-bid league or a five-bid league or a four-bid league. I think that Colorado State, UNLV, uh, you know, Nevada, there's just that's why the Mountain West, I think, you know, last year you saw how amazing the computer numbers were in the Mountain West because they just kept, I don't want to say trick, you know, trick the computers, but all these teams were playing each other. When you start out with decent numbers, they all just get better. And so you already have Colorado State at 54 at Ken Palm and uh, Nevada's in there as well. So uh, at 41, I think. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be another solid year for the Mountain West in part because games against, uh, you're going to keep racking up these quad one, quad two games against teams like Nevada, Colorado State, and, and down the line. So, um, yeah, I'm impressed with both teams. Isaiah Stevens, I mean, you guys were there at Media Days too. I mean, what a well, well, well-spoken young man. Uh, just said all the right things, and and um, the fact that he came back was just huge for them. And uh, he's going to set. You know, I know it's kind of crazy now with the with the COVID year, and a lot of these records don't mean anything anymore. But he is going to, you know, shatter a lot of the all-time records at, at Colorado State, and has some chance at some Mountain West records as well in terms of the assists and points. And um, so. Heck of a player, and you know clearly. I mean, that's the thing about the Mountain West, man. Like, I was filling out my preseason All Mountain West ballot, and I think I had five guards on there. I mean, if you count Tyson, I guess as a a wing kind of player, but uh, it's really the guard play in the Mountain West, man. When you talk about Nevada with Blackshear and Lucas, and uh, you know, go down the line. I mean, it's it's really a guard heavy league this year, and I, I think that uh, certainly both those teams have some star level guards. And you start looking at the the projections here, like for a Nevada, I mean, their schedule is really manageable. They, they don't they play one top 100 Ken Palm team in the next like 10 or 11 games. I mean, we may look up at Nevada's 11 and 0 uh, here at some point. And, and uh, so, and they may have a tournament or something in there where all the games aren't populated, but I mean, it, it, uh, it it's it, Nevada has a real chance here to, and I said, they're already at 41 at Ken Palm. So I think that's going to be really impressive for them. And then uh, Colorado state's about to get tested a little more. And, and uh, by the way, St. Mary's plays like seven mountain West teams this year. If you look at St. Mary's non-conference yeah. schedule, yeah, it's basically I was going to say, St. Mary's and Washington, they play the entire Mountain West. They might as well just bring both of those programs. They're doing this uh, Oregon State-Washington State, State uh, scheduling alliance thing that's coming <laughs> for football. They're just doing it for basketball, I guess. It's crazy because Boise State plays St. Mary's too, and I was looking at their schedule. But, um, yeah, no, I think uh, Colorado State and Nevada both, I think, are uh, going to put themselves in position here in the early part of the season to be uh, NCAA tournament teams. And I'll say that real quickly going back to Boise State. Like last year, they lost a season opener to South Dakota State, and they were kind of playing catch-up, you know, early in the season to try to get rid of that, you know, quad four loss early in the season they lost a game to charlotte where they scored 11 points in the first half like that's the one thing about boise state is that they lose some of these games they're not going to be considered bad losses and colorado state and nevada to this point have avoided the, the bad loss and they got a lot of more teams that are winnable games coming up so uh, i think the mountain west is, is to be honest with you is in really good shape right now yeah this this week is going to be huge feast week is when you can pack in three games and if you win I, I just think about it like this like if you win your first round game let's just say boise state beats virginia tech right i, I don't who do they play in the second on uh on either uh either Iowa State or VCU? Yeah, so if they win, then on all likelihood they're pl- probably playing Iowa State, right? And then not only do you to play Iowa State, which is going to be better for the computer numbers, but then you're going to be in the winners bracket instead of the losers bracket and potentially playing a team to avoid going zero and three, right? So yep. it just it's and so much- either Texas A and M or uh, Florida Atlantic in the in the next game. 
Yeah, so it's it's just it's so important to get that first win so that you play better teams, like for your computer numbers. I'll, I'll give you another example. Colorado State gets BC in the Hall of Fame Classic. I believe that is tonight. Uh, we're recording this on, on Tuesday morning. Um, and then if they win, they're in all likelihood they're going to get Creighton, which is very different than playing Loyola, where sure. uh, instead of your 0-1 going into a game that you cannot lose versus 1-0 going into a game that's a completely free shot. That game's um, Wednesday night, tomorrow night. Yeah, well, all right, so tomorrow night, yeah. But if they win, like, and then you get a shot at Creighton, and if you beat Creighton, then all of a sudden, boom, you got that mark you win on your resume, and it's just yeah, playing that game is so much better for your computer but numbers. Than I, and I, yeah, and I also think for the Mountain West, man, like, you know how it is with these mid-majors, like, you have to avoid the bad losses. Like, when you're when you're a, uh, a Kansas or one of these power conference teams, even a mid-level, I shouldn't say Kansas, a mid-level power five team where every one of your conference games is quad one or quad two, you don't have the quote-unquote bad losses. And if, I always feel like the, the, the penalties for a, a really bad quad four loss hurts like a mid-major type school way worse. Like Florida Atlantic is going to be in a tough spot now losing that game that they did the other day. So whether it be for multiple seed lines, whether you're on the bubble. So the main thing for Mountain West teams is just avoid the horrendous quad four terrible losses. Do what you have to do, and everything's going to play out there at the end. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I'm at with it. All right, listen, BJ, this has been great to catch up. Uh, I am keeping you from enjoying time with your family who is down there in Orlando with you. Uh, go experience the city. Go experience this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I appreciate you jumping on here. And make sure you guys subscribe. Bronco Nation News is uh, on all the streaming platforms. Like, Give, give the pitch. You give the plug for yourself. Yeah, I, I YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the new digital wave of media right now, and and uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. We do the daily morning shows, and then the, the big thing for us is you know travel to all football and basketball games for Boise State and do pre and post game shows, and we get Leon and players to come on the post game shows after the game, and uh, we got pre game. So it's been a lot of fun, kind of taking the viewers and the fans for Boise State kind of in there, and I'd love at some point to expand it more into the whole Mountain West. To be honest with you, uh, I think there's a lot of rabid Mountain West fans, and if I can either uh, market it out somehow or figure out a way to involve more Mountain West fans. I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on what we can do here, but a lot of it is because of what you guys started and I'm trying to follow in your footsteps. So congratulations on all your success. I'm sorry for killing your ratings by having you meet on the show. You must, <laughs> Jeff Grammer or must not have been available again this week, but uh, appreciate you for uh, asking me to come on. Happy to do it anytime. And, and um, I'm happy that you guys are, are killing it with what you're doing, man. I've banned Jeff Grammer from the show. Um, no more no more Jeff Grammer is allowed on here. No, I love Jeff. Listen, BJ, this has been a blast, man. Congrats on all your success. Keep grinding, keep going, and uh, hopefully we're going to catch up with you again soon later on in this season. Thanks, man. No problem, man. The highlight of my career, the Mountain West Insider Podcast, man. I appreciate it. <laughs>